This episode of Tomahawk is brought to you by Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. Now you can enjoy smoother, clearer skin with Bevel and join me and the other thousands of users with some of the best skin in all of the world. For a limited time, you can get 20% off your next shipment with Bevel. Check out getbevel.com slash tomahawk. Promo will be automatically applied at checkout. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L dot com slash tomahawk. Coming up on a Monday edition of the Tomahawk Show, the Browns are still alive in the playoff hunt, the Bears crush the Rams on Sunday Night Football, and the Dolphins pull off a Miami miracle. Plus, we play another very exciting and crowd-pleasing round of Am I Tripping and so much more on a jam-packed edition of the Tomahawk Show. Yo, Joe, my brother's the guy that tweeted you about the skinny jeans a couple weeks back. That dude, he used to make me try to eat my own socks. F that guy. Hey, Hawk, I'm heading out to Johnstown, PA, so if there's any Hawk statues or paintings, murals, cardboard cutouts, that I should see, let me know. Hey, and Joe, I know there's only a couple years overlap between you and Joe Jarvisius, but he was one of my favorite wide receivers uh, growing up. So anyway, guys, as always, stay humble. Joe, Hawk, it's Jeff again. Live from the Muni lot. Here we go, buddies. Here we go. Here we go, buddies. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tomahawk Show presented by Uninterrupted. Make sure you interact with the show on our social channels at Tomahawk Show. Use our hashtag, hashtag Tomahawk, and leave us a voicemail. We love the voicemails, 440-628-1376. We love when you guys are hitting us up, leaving us comments. We laugh at every voicemail, so make sure you're doing that. We have so much cool stuff coming up on the show. Joe is remote right now and he is going berserk about all the browns w's that they're stacking up so he is calling in from a remote location joe where are you at i am currently in berea ohio i'm out here working for the browns i come out to all their home games and uh, do some of the local radio tv stuff and some work with the team actually right now i am working on a pretty cool pass rusher breakdown segment for the team that's going to be going on their website here probably towards the end of the season but we take a look at basically 10 of the best pass rushers of my generation, and uh, we get in the film room, breaking those guys down, giving them a little bit of insight into how I approached each player individually, and it's been kind of fun. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on today. So uh, in between the Tomahawk show and Cleveland Browns Daily, I'm going to be uh, breaking down some X's and O's. So that's why i got to take off a little bit early today, and I'm going to have to leave Hawk to uh, the Wolves at Team Tomahawk for the rest of the show. Per usual. That actually sounds pretty cool. And, and most of the stuff you tell me you do doesn't sound cool to me. But that actually does <laughs> sound pretty interesting. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, you know what? That's rude. Firm, how are you doing today? <laughs> you guys, I'm doing great. Um, and I just have to tell you, so I was in, I was in New York City uh, for the weekend. And um, yesterday... I was, my flight wasn't till late, and I, I know that there are Browns fans all around the country, so I looked up a Browns backers bar in New York City. I found one, it is apparently the second largest Browns backers bar in the country, and I went, and it wow. was maybe the rowdiest place I've ever been in my whole entire life. There were, um, <laughs> every time they scored, a couple of the bartenders put on a penguin suit and got on top of the bar and were pouring 
a fireball-like alcoholic substance into the mouths of the adoring public below. It got very rowdy, and um, I gotta tell you guys, I texted the group chat, somebody came up to me, and I don't like to brag about this, but they were like, hi, um, are you Zerm from the Tomahawk Show? And I was like, oh, yes, yes I am, that is me, uh, yes, the most famous member of the Tomahawk Show, it's me. Oh, the groupies don't stop. First Nat, now Zerm's got groupies. <laughs> It is wild. Nat, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Nice and early morning um, after a good weekend. We actually never checked in on your, uh, your Instagram, Saudi, that you've been dating. Um, so we, <laughs> we'll come back to that. We're going to jump right into the Browns. Big win against the Panthers. Baker Mayfield just throwing darts all over the field. Jarvis Landry was balling in the rush game, in the pass game. Joe, break this down for us. What happened? What are your thoughts? Well, it's incomprehensible that Baker Mayfield can be playing the way he's playing right now as a rookie. He's playing like he's a 10-year vet. I think in the first half, he had two incompletions, and both of them were drops. And for the entire game, he had like four or five incompletions, and basically every single one of them except for one of them was a drop. So he's playing nearly perfect football, something that we've seen from guys like Drew Brees this year, some of these other Hall of Andrew Fame Hawkins. guys. I mean, Andrew Hawkins. Yeah. It's been absolutely remarkable watching this guy play because not only his decision-making is on par with a Pro Bowl 10-year vet, but his accuracy, not only in the pocket, but as he moves outside the pocket. And he's not getting sacked, so he's really doing the impossible right now with a high completion percentage, winning football games in Cleveland, and he's not taking sacks. It's pretty amazing to watch, and I don't think anybody, no matter how big of a Baker Mayfield fan you were, could have expected him to play this well this early on. And he bounced back from his toughest performance last week against the Texans. Almost immediately. He bounced back at halftime. And he's like, continue what he did in that second half into this game. And that's what's like the most impressive part. Also, he's making the guys around him better. He's giving like not just hope to the defense, but you're, when you're watching the offensive players, you're actually seeing uh, all, all the abilities that the team seen in them originally. And what traditionally happens in Cleveland is – you know, we have high hopes for guys that come in and things are in disarray, so you never quite see them reach their potential. Whereas Baker Mayfield, you're seeing guys play be elevated. You know, I mean, Jarvis Landry, already one of the best receivers in the league, of course, but, you know, between Perriman and, and, and Joku, and Joku is like, he's showing the ability to be one of the best tight ends in the league. If he could stay consistent, and with a guy like Baker Mayfield, it makes that easier, his name is going to be catapulted to the top of the list of some of the best young tight ends in the league, man. Well, Brashad Perriman, he was a guy that was left in the scrap heap. And yeah. John Dorsey picked him up. And he is playing really good football right now. Um, he's catching some long passes. He's kind of filled that deep threat role that uh, the Browns were kind of looking for a little bit when Antonio Callaway is uh, making his rookie moves and occasionally making a few mistakes. So it's great having a guy that's a veteran like Perriman to be able to come in and kind of take a little bit of the load off of Callaway. So... It's uh, it's fun. I mean, just being out here in Cleveland, being in the in the crowd yesterday, it was uh, electric. There's a lot of hope in Cleveland, and there's even people still talking about playoffs this year, which yeah. actually is not out of the question yet. Which, uh, when they lost to the Texans, I think everyone kind of just assumed that was the end of the playoff chances. But because of the craziness of the NFL, the Browns are actually not eliminated yet, and still kind of in the thick of the playoff hunt. Well, we're going to talk about that later on in the show. And not to jump the gun as far as playoffs are concerned, but this is pro sports, so that's what makes it fun. So, of course, we have a segment completely de get dedicated to 
the Browns' playoff chances and, and me and Firm going a deep dive into why that can or cannot happen. All right, guys, let's take a quick break to talk about our friends over at Toyota. Toyota isn't just a car company, and the new podcast, Toyota Untold, isn't just about cars. It's about mobility. It's about overcoming challenges like me trying to ease up on the soda, helping people move physically, socially, and emotionally. It's about finding solutions like we can't seem to do for Nat's terrible hot takes. When you think Toyota, you think sustainability, triumph, facing fears, celebrating life, and rethinking what's possible. In Toyota Untold, you'll hear unique and insightful behind-the-scenes stories, such as how a son's love for his mother led to Toyota's unlikely origin as an automated loom company, why and how a Toyota Tundra was used to tow a space shuttle through the streets of LA, and how robotics, other advanced technologies, and mobility services are being researched and developed to address challenges for the elderly, disabled, and even Olympic and Paralympic athletes. Discover how Toyota is rethinking mobility in the brand new podcast, Toyota Untold. You can find Toyota Untold right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's get back to the show. All right, let's get into our next segment really quick, uh, our three and out segment. We're going to start off in Miami for the Miami Miracle. The Dolphins, on the last play of the game, they throw three laterals, travel 69 yards, to steal the W away from the almighty Patriots who seem to struggle with games in Miami every single year. Joe, did you see this game? I don't even care if you've seen the game. Did you see the play? I saw the play. Actually, I just saw it on TV right now for like the sixth time because I'm watching the great Good Morning Football TV show right here in the Browns equipment room. And uh, it's just a remarkable ending. I was checking the scores during the Browns game, and I could not believe when I saw that uh, the Patriots had lost having a, a big lead like that right at the end of the game. The thing that really struck me the most was how they put Gronk back there because they were all kind of expecting the Hail Mary play. And this was one of those few times when Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick and being super smart and savvy and into the details and the minutiae and not being afraid to take risks has actually bit him in the ass because he's one of those guys that's always trying to revolutionize the game because He's looking at things in a different perspective, right? Most teams aren't going to put your 6-6 tight end out there for the last play of the game because in case something else crazy happens and you get one of these lateral plays, he's not exactly good at tackling people. But (laughs) Belichick, being the statistics odds guy that he is, he's going to throw Gronkowski out there because he's trying to break down all the numbers and figure out, all right, what gives him the best chance to stop this Hail Mary likely play? And uh, it kind of bit him in the ass in this one because, as you guys saw, if you watched that highlight, towards the end, if they would have had just uh, a regular ass safety, like somebody as crappy as Andrew Hawkins back there, he would have easily made the tackle on the five-yard line and the game would have been over. But they got Gronk's big old ass out there who stumbles (laughs) over his own feet and then falls to the ground uh, instead of even making the guy turn back into the pursuit. So uh, it was was a bad play at the end of the game. I'm not going to say it was a bad decision by Belichick because I would say it was smart, but I'm sure next time they get one of these Hail Mary plays and it's not going to go into the end zone for sure, you can guess that he's probably not going to put Gronkowski back there anymore. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Gronkowski. I I don't think it was uh, Belichick overthinking it. I think it was him underthinking it because, like, in Cincinnati, our prevent team, when they said, uh, like, like, knock it down or prevent – A.J. Green would go back as our deep guy because he was the jump ball guy. He could jump up, knock it down. He jumped the highest. He had the best ball skills. And I think the Gronkowski situation was similar. 
and not not even thinking it through. They just say, okay, knockdown, end of the game team, and that team runs out there, and that means Gronk is back there. I don't think enough thought was put into the fact that it's on the the 31-yard line, so the chances of Tannehill throwing it in the air, not just the 69 yards, it's plus, what, seven, 77 yards in the air to the end zone are slim, so you should sub Rob Gronkowski out for his safety. And like you said, Joe, that would have prevented you losing to a division rival late in the game and giving the Chiefs a two-game lead and AFC home field advantage. I call it the, I call it the Miami effect. Mm. Every time the Patriots go down to Miami, those guys get crunk in the club on Saturday <laughs> night in South Beach, and then they got nothing left for that heat on Sunday afternoon. If I had a nickel for every time I fell, I fell victim to the Miami effect. Um, let's just go <laughs> into second down here. Second down, Chicago Bears shut down the Rams last night. It was freezing cold in there, as you can tell by Jared Goff throwing four interceptions and Todd Gurley rushing for 28 yards. Are the Bears a real contender, Joe, or is it just that the Rams were freezing cold? I think the Bears are legitimate contenders. My issue here with the Rams is they they win the division. They've got things wrapped up there. They're looking like they're probably going to cruise their way to home field advantage. And it seems like they've kind of taken their foot off the gas a little bit. A couple weeks in a row, not playing up to the Rams standard. And they better figure things out here because the last thing they want to do is go into the playoffs on a little bit of a cold streak, not playing their best football. And, you know, I think this can sometimes happen. When you're so good so early in the season and all of a sudden you get things wrapped up in your division pretty early on, it's easy to take your foot off the gas and start thinking about the playoffs and start thinking about, all right, you know, we're probably going to get a bye in that first round. And even though I've never had any experience with the whole playoffs and having these big (laughs) winning streaks, I can imagine that there's a little bit of a letdown and maybe a little relax from that team because I think we're seeing it on the field. And uh, it doesn't look good unless they can turn things around here to start the playoffs. It's really interesting to me, too, about the Bears as a contender. Like, that defense is obviously incredible. And I was saying that I was watching Sunday Countdown and Rex Ryan was sitting at a table with, like, Khalil Mack and Trevathan and Kyle Fuller and just being like, you guys are the greatest defense of all time. I love you guys. I want to hang out with you guys all day and all night. This is the best. But like, you know, Mitch Trubisky still threw three interceptions and Mitch Trubisky always has a couple throws per game where he just completely misses a read or completely misses a wide open receiver. I think the Bears are going to be a real test of like, can you in today's modern NFL with a sort of still an offense that's still sort of a work in progress, like how far can a def- can a dominant defense get you? That like that's really fascinating to me. I'm excited to see how deep they can go in the playoffs, really relying on an elite defense like that. Yeah, I mean relying on an elite defense, and like you said, I mean it's kind of like the Jaguars Jaguars last year. Their defense was awesome. Their offense was just okay, and I think the Bears' offense is actually better than the Jaguars last year. So that being said, I think they're actually a, a real contender. I mean, they have to, you know, everything has to align for him. But the way that Khalil Mack is playing, man, I think he's done a, a really good job of kind of pushing back on the case that we everyone is making that Aaron Donald is the best defender in the league because he put on a show last night. Yeah, I think right now Aaron Donald, everyone was saying, oh, he could be the MVP. And then the way Patrick Mahomes played yesterday, Dude. I think he's kind of grabbed the lead again uh, with that no-look pass that he had there. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. It was fun to watch. He's just – one of those guys that's making this game really fun. It doesn't matter who you like. You can cheer for Patrick Mahomes. I couldn't agree more, man. All right, we'll get the third down. Then, Joe, you got to get out of here. Ben Roethlisberger 
left the game last night with a rib injury, and then he came back a little too late, threw a touchdown, but again, they lost to the Oakland Raiders. Joe, was this Ben being Ben, or do you think this is a real coaching screw-up by not putting Big Ben back in the game earlier? You know, i got to put that on Big Ben because when you're talking rib injuries and stuff like that, I mean, that's something that, as a player, you need to decide if it's too much to go. It's not like a head injury where they pull you out, right? Today's NFL, you get that concussion, they're taking your helmet away. They're not going to let you do anything. But when it comes to, like, ribs and kind of the rest of the body, it's up to you to decide, does this pain limit my ability to function? And it's really good. The doctors usually are going to leave it up to you. I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson. He couldn't even get on an airplane, but he was going out there a couple of weeks ago playing with some rib injuries. And now, granted, every injury is different, but um, I think it's it's always a bad look as a player. If you pull yourself out and then you sit out a while and you're kind of on the sideline and then you realize, like, my team still kind of needs me and then you put yourself back in there. It's like, well, you're, were you really injured enough in the first place? Or yeah. what what changed here while you're standing on the sidelines? and noticing that your team may need you. I don't know what goes on in Ben Roethlisberger's head. Like, I would love to just sit there for a day and, like, just figure out how that thing is wired. And I know I'm tough on Ben, but he brings it on himself. <laughs> like, the reasons you just said. How many times, Joe, have we seen where Ben goes out of the game or doesn't start a game because he's injured, and then, oh, he throws himself back in to be the savior of the football game and be like, oh, you guys need me. Look what I did. And it's <laughs> like, why didn't you just play from the start? Yes, there's not a world where Drew Brees comes out of a game for an injury and he's okay to play where he's not right back in the game. There's not a coach that they could say, oh, the coach held me out. No one can hold Drew Brees out. No one can hold Tom Brady out. No one was holding Peyton Manning out. When those guys are ready to go, they went in the game because all they cared about was winning the football game. I'm not trying yep. to like pile on the bin. But as two professional athletes, we know what this is. Like, come on, dude. You could have went back in that game. Don't give me that BS like Tomlin didn't send me in. You're a two-time Super Bowl winner and a future Hall of Famer. Do you think you need to go ahead from Tomlin to play unless you told him, hey, my rib hurts? You pull yourself out. Put yourself back in. Yeah, I think as a player, the best decision usually is you go until you can't. And if you're out there and you're trying to throw passes and you just can't, then you're done. And then you're done for the day because – to try to put yourself in and out depending on, you know, if your team needs you and if you can be the star or not. It's just a bad look. It's a bad look, man. It's a bad look. All right, Joe, we appreciate you. Me and Firm are going to hold the fort down from here. Enjoy today. Make sure Brown's kingdom knows that we're all behind them and we're already bought our tickets for the playoffs. All right, I'll make sure to send you guys the invoice for those uh, – tickets because they give me a little bit of a stipend there when i sell some tickets so i'm I'm in the sales department too (laughs) more you could do all right guys let's take a little break to talk about our good friends at bevel bevel is the first and only end-to-end shaving system designed for consistently smooth irritation-free shaves it's dermatologist recommended and clinically tested to help reduce and prevent razor buffs discoloration and irritation. Over 90% of Bevel users, including Hawk, noticed improvement in their skin and razor bump reduction. Bevel is a good look. Level up your grooming routine with the Bevel Shave System. Also, it's no surprise that Bevel Trimmer is a GQ award winner, just like myself, in every barber's go-to product. 
Now you can hold one yourself or purchase one for a friend. It's the perfect gift with the holidays coming up. Experience four plus hours of cordless grooming, easy gap adjustments, and next level lineups. Each clipper includes a blade, blade oil, microfiber bag, brush, and charger. Listen, no kidding. If you've ever been impressed with my shave, which I know thousands of you have, get Bevel. I never leave the house without it. I use it on the road, at home, when I'm abroad, when I'm domestic, when I'm international, even in outer space. The best product I have in my grooming kit, and I want you to experience it too. Get your bevel trimmer and shave system today at getbevel.com. For a limited time, get 20% off your next shipment with bevel. Head over to getbevel.com slash tomahawk. Promo will be automatically applied at checkout. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L dot com slash tomahawk. All right, you guys, it is time for another award-winning edition of Am I Trippin'? Am I Trippin'? Am I trippin'? Am I trippin'? Am I drippin', dog? Am I trippin'? I gotta be trippin'. You trippin'. All right, so the first Am I Trippin'? We have my MCM, Pat Mahomes, threw an absurd mm-hmm. no-look pass that was more accurate than some of the quarterback's regular throws that we see. So am I trippin', or is Pat Mahomes the best pure thrower of the football that we have ever seen? Hmm, that's a very good question. He's pretty good. I've seen the no-look pass before in a game. I've seen sexy Rexy Rex Grossman. When Shanahan was our offensive coordinator, he would always put this clip up of Rex Grossman, who he was like a huge fan of, and no one could figure out why. But he was like, yo, the dude would just do whatever he felt, and he would throw this no-look pass to like hold the linebacker. So I've seen it before. I haven't seen it as sweet as the Patrick Mahomes one was, though, because... It was not only like a no-look pass. It was like almost over the shoulder, like a white chocolate Jason Kidd no-look pass. <laughs> it, it was outrageous. I don't um, – I watched that video about 100 times. And, you know, so I'm going to say I'm gonna say you're not tripping that. I'm going to say that this is correct. I think Patrick Mahomes, I know he's only played for a season, not even a full season yet, but – Let's remember, he threw a left-handed pass while being tackled this year. He switched the ball into his left hand and just said, uh, just take this. Here this is. And Hawk is already shaking his head at me, but I'm going to keep going. No, and then I'm in. And then, and then in warm-ups, like, he's just throwing the ball 70 yards like it's nothing. I think our, our guy TD said that he's, his pregame stuff is becoming Steph Curry-esque, where, like, people are coming down because they want to watch him warm up. Um, they're coming down to the field a half hour before the game so they can see him throw the ball 80 yards. And then this no-look thing is just like he put the ball – it was as accurate as like some of Baker Mayfield's throws yesterday. Like it just <laughs> blows my mind that you can look the other way and you can throw a ball that like um, Mark Sanchez probably didn't complete all of yesterday before he got hurt. So it's just um, – I'm going to say you're not tripping. I'm, he's outrageous. He's, I, I, it's him and Aaron Rodgers. He has a little bit more flair than, than A-Rod. A-Rod who also is yeah. the ridiculous arm talent. But what gets me the most is how he throws on the run. And everything is still super accurate, super tight. Like the velocity is still as if he was five step dropped and got his whole body into it, which is it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. It is. We need we need Pat Mahomes in like when they do the Pro Bowl and they have all these weird events going on, like dodgeball and like right. hit all these targets. They should just let just let Patrick Mahomes do it by himself. <laughs> nobody nobody else around. Just put just on a performance. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, so the next, am I tripping? Gronk had a big offensive day against the Dolphins, but he looked terrible trying to track down Kenyon Drake on the game's final play. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> Definitely but seen that. Oh, yes. am I tripping, or are Rob Gronkowski's days as the most physically gifted tight end in the game behind him? Yes. But he's, he's 30. That's, this is what happens when players get older. I'm not saying it like... Him missing that tackle isn't the reason why I think his days is the most physically gifted tight end behind him. It's behind him because he's 30. When Gronk was 23, he wasn't making that tackle. There's not a world where Kenyon Drake, <laughs> Kenyon Drake and Gronk in one-on-one open field where, where Gronk makes the tackle. It looked really bad because it was the game-winning touchdown. And honestly, why is Gronk playing safety? But... I wasn't so like, oh, man, he's lost it. Like, no, Gronk could never tackle Kenyon Drake in the open field. If Kenyon, if he would have tackled Kenyon Drake yesterday or four years ago, I, it would tell me more about Kenyon Drake than it would about Gronk's athleticism. <laughs> yeah, that's where, like, that's where you just got to tell Kenyon Drake, we got to send you out of the league. I'm sorry. Like, we, you yeah. got caught by Gronk. You can't play anymore. That's how this no. works. Can't get open field tracked by Rob Gronkowski. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to go. Give us your cleats. Give us your jersey. You're out of here. Um, I'm going to say you are tripping that. And it's not that – it was one thing – I mean, yes, he did not make the tackle. He also looked like he was about to fall over and do like a somersault about five times as he was chasing <laughs> Kenny and Drake yesterday. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski also, I'm convinced, is like half robot right now with all like the padding he wears and like how many injuries he's had. I'm just convinced that half of his body is just made of like titanium at this point. And it's just <laughs> it's just a weird thing. But I am going to say that, like, he only has three touchdowns this year, but he's still, like, every time he's out there, I feel like he's still so big that he's still such a mismatch on, like, any linebacker or safety that's trying to cover him that he's still so athletically gifted that he could catch one pass a game, but it could be for, like, 50 yards and a touchdown because, like, you just throw it up to him in the end zone. He could still go get it. So I'm not quite ready to say right. that Rob Gronkowski is washed. But he's cl- I'm going to say this, Hawk. He is very close. I don't think he. I think he retires after joining this year. the Wash Club. I think he Do retires. You think he's retiring. I think he's going to retire after this season. You think so? Yeah. I mean, even when they announced his deal, it was like a. It was a restructuring of this year. It wasn't even beyond this season. I fully intend on Rob Gronkowski retiring this year, which might also mean Tom Brady the goat might hang him up too. Just saying. Wow. Not saying hey, just been saying that, right? Yeah, it's my take, man. That both of them are retiring together. For whatever reason, I feel like this is the last year we'll see him. But who knows? Maybe Patrick Mahomes has lit a fire into Tom Brady to continue on, or Drew Brees, or Philip Rivers. I don't know. And then Hawk can return as the Patriots' starting quarterback. Finally, in 2019, <laughs> your dream finally realized. I was hoping Kyler Murray uh, selected football because then it started the market for under five ten quarterbacks. And then I might have been back in the game. I could play quarterback right now. I just couldn't play wide receiver. Yeah. So this is really on Kyler. This is Kyler Murray's fault. I Every, get it. Everything is Kyler Murray's fault. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. 
All right, last am I tripping? Our Browns won yesterday, and yeah, our Browns. I like how you did our that. Browns, how excited right? that is! Yeah, <laughs> look at that. I was super excited about that. Um, also, so if Pittsburgh loses out and if Baltimore loses the next two of their three games, am I tripping, or could the Browns really win the AFC North? You're not tripping. Real life scenario. Here's why: the Steelers have to play the Patriots, they have to play the Saints, and they have to play the Bengals. The Bengals game is going to be the real telling one because the Bengals are not very good at this point. The other two games are definitely losable. And the Ravens still have to play the Chargers as well as the Browns. So if the Browns went out, the Ravens lose to the Chargers. And by God's graces, the Bengals figure out how to beat the Steelers the last week of the season. It's a real possibility. Yeah, this is this is so wild to me because... <laughs> Like, I just, I kept hearing, like, oh, there's a scenario for the Browns to get in. There's a scenario for the Browns to get in. And, I like, the scenario where the Browns get the wild card is, like, crazy. Like, 18, like, 17 things have to happen. So I was like, no, that won't happen. And then yesterday they win, and then the Steelers lose, and all of a sudden I'm seeing these tweets about, like, yeah, I mean, if the Steelers lose out and the Browns win out, and then the Browns, yeah, like Hawk, you said, like, take, take down the Ravens, and the Ravens lose one of those two games – can you imagine seeing those standings and seeing the Browns in first place at like eight, seven, and one? Like that is gonna blow my mind. I think I think the hardest thing for the Browns is this Saturday uh, against the um, I was gonna call them the Denver Nuggets, but they're clearly the Denver Broncos uh, in Denver. Like I think that game on Saturday night in the altitude, I think that's gonna be a really tough game. The Broncos defense is really, really good, but it's just wild to me that. With Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens and everything that's happened since the coaching staff was let go, like how different this team looks and how they actually have a chance to be in the playoffs for the first time since in 2002 when Tim Couch was hurt and Kelly Holcomb and they should have beat the Steelers. But like I remember that game and I remember how young I was and I can't believe it's been 16 years since that happened. So that is that is very wild to me. Well, I will say that this isn't the first time they've had a chance at the playoffs. Well, this is true, Hawk. You know, in 14, at this time, we were, what, 7-6. and six. And I think th- second in division. We ended up losing all of our games. Um, we did the exact opposite <laughs> of the scenario we were talking about. But we were hot for a second. And, oh, man. Oh, memories. Times. Memories. <laughs> yeah, but no, the Browns are incredible. Baker was slinging it, dude. Like... He was making some throws that even even up to even to this point, as, as impressed as I am with Baker Mayfield and the way he plays football, I was still like, "Oh my gosh, this guy has a rocket arm!" And it's amazing, man. It's, Browns finally found a quarterback, and every week I'm surprised as if it's the first time I've realized that the Browns have finally found a quarterback. I don't know if that's ever going to get old. It's going to be seven years from now, and each Sunday I'm going to be like, "Wow." The quarterback didn't throw seven interceptions. That is nuts. <laughs> You're like, who's this guy playing quarterback, playing well, completing who's this passes? Dude, for the Cleveland Browns, it could be a two-time Super Bowl champ by that time, and I'll still be like, oh gosh, the Browns <laughs> are getting first downs. Oh, my lord, yeah, they, you know, they had to get uh, towards the end of the game. They need to get a first down to run the clock, and he threw it to Perriman for a first. And I was like, what just happened? Did he complete <laughs> like, that pass? This is outrageous. That never happens in this situation. <laughs> it never ever does. All right, guys, I think that pretty much sums up today's episode. Appreciate everyone joining us. Make sure you're tweeting us using the hashtag Tomahawk. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tomahawk Show. We have the best meme game in all of professional sports. 
Uh, we have a special guest coming for Thursday. Don't know who it is yet, but you can stay tuned for that. Make sure you're checking out our listener league. We'll update the update those results. Did Nat get top 50 and subsequently win a coffee maker? That will be the question. Lastly, make sure you subscribe. Rate us five stars only because 10 stars isn't available. And we will talk to you later. Nat, take us out. Joe, hawk yourself. <laughs>